Hey man, when there's opportunities, even though sometimes you don't know that you're supposed to do it, but so, then so, you make so it happen. Totally, let me say something. Yeah. This was not sexy. Okay, it was like key box was like messed up like you know like like it was not like <laughs> it was not like how i operate airbnb yeah. now but i just figured it out and people would stay and like but you have to understand something i had almost i had almost 15 years of hospitality experience so i looked at it as another form of hospitality you're creating a space for somebody All right, guys, welcome again to another amazing episode. Today we have Austin Lenny, uh, former service industry veteran, 20 plus years, uh, serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, mindset, business coach, you name it, all around amazing guy. And today we're just going to get into it. He he has a lot of uh, experience at Airbnb and, and real estate, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, overcoming your, your limiting beliefs and a lot of challenges. He has his own podcast, Constructed Life. Uh, take a listen if you haven't. Uh, really inspiring stories on there. Uh, but we're going to get right into it. So, Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how you, you know, what's going on in your life and how you've overcome and how you're now succeeding in life and helping others through coaching. Yeah, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, boys. You know, guys, I'm going to gloss over a long story really quick because yeah. I want to talk more about passive income and how we, you can generate freedom and mindset stuff. But long story short, uh, my dad's a doctor, grew up uh, in an affluent neighborhood in Houston, Texas. Um, about it's just getting in a lot of trouble in high school. Wasn't really like school didn't really do it for me. It was, wasn't really my bag. Um, and I had a friend's dad who had a couple businesses and uh i remember like it was yesterday we were at his house playing basketball or something and he said listen i, I met you a couple times you're a little bit you're a different cat he said you know read this book i i think this book is gonna change your life and and get back to me and uh sure enough that that book was rich dad poor dad yeah. and uh it was it was the first time that i realized that i didn't have to be a doctor um and that was hard for me because the stress of that, even though maybe it wasn't directed towards my father, it was on me, right? My dad was a very successful doctor and I was like, shit, there's another way. And so it was like, like, like a lot of people say the book doesn't handle the tactical stuff, but it, but it just opens the mind to different possibilities. And so I knew there was something different. Um, I worked in the restaurant business as a young kid at 17, uh, bartending, serving, um, and that business leads you to um, drugs. It just does. It's maybe not as much as it was, but but when I was coming up, like, you know, I always tell everybody's story. The way I got trained there on the first day was like the trainer walked around and was like, well, you can get Xanax from that guy, cocaine from that guy. Like that's the what? training. Like, yeah, it was like real. That was real, man. And, you know, when I was set, when I was 17, my parents got divorced out of the blue. Uh, you know, and that kind of really threw me for a loop. I went with my mom to the country um, and I just was really lost. Like, I, I feel like, you know, we talked about this one when, when I had y'all on my, like, I think that from like 17 to 19, I think a lot of kids are just kind of, I wouldn't say screwed, but, but mishandled, right? Like maybe you don't want to go to college. Maybe you do, but, but the, but the, the route doesn't seem as clear as like, go to college, get a job. Right. And so yeah. I knew I wanted something different, but the, the scary thing was, is I, 
I was making pretty damn good money. I was making like 1400 bucks a week, you know? And I thought I was like, dude, my shit don't stink. Like I was going to Jamaica. Like, you know, it was, it was great. Right. Um, but then, you know, some, some choices, you know, uh, deciding to, you know, get involved in methamphetamines, um, and then pissing off my parents enough to cut me off and throw my shit out on the front steps. And, uh, I had nowhere to live. I had no job. I had no car. I had, I had nothing. I literally had nothing. I cried for like three hours. Uh, I had a, I had a great friend pick me up and he was like, kind of slapped me around and was like, dude, get it together. We're going to, we're going to figure this out. And, uh, my best friend at the time, his brother, um, he had, uh, he had a house that everybody lived in. They had their room. He's like, listen, I don't got much, but you can stay here. Like, just keep your fucking mouth shut at work. Like you're good. So I literally slept underneath the closet and the stairs. Like I was literally like, it's not a joke. It's not a euphemism. Like I slept in the closet, uh, on a single mattress with a fan. And so, uh, then I got a job working construction and, you know, um, saved up enough money to buy a car, which in turn got me my restaurant job back and, and, and basically eventually, uh, kicked the hard drugs, uh, but still, you know, proceeded to drink, um, for the next 20 years. Gotcha. No, well, that's, that's a crazy story, man. And you know, one thing I'll take away from that is sometimes in life that adversity builds who you truly are. Right. And we all need it. Comfort, comfort's a drug itself. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and you mentioned that you were in an affluent kind of neighborhood. You probably were lost. Didn't know school, didn't know college, this and that sometimes too much of that thinking and I see it a lot because I see the difference of, of, of people gets people into trouble, start looking into different avenues to occupy their time. Right. But when your back is against the wall, like you did towards the end, you had to figure it out. You got yourself out of that mess mm -hmm. and you overcame it. And I, I commend you for that, man, because I think it's a, I think it's a huge thing. What's interesting is I never shared this on a podcast and, and to any parent out there and to anybody that's struggling with addiction or, or just anything in general, I've never shared this. You know, a couple years after I got sober from the hard drugs, like three years later, me and mom were sitting around at Christmas and my mom looked at me dead in the face and she goes, you're unaware because we didn't speak during this time. But she's like, I cried every night, like every night. Where's my fucking son? Is he dead? Is he alive? And she goes, that was the hardest thing I've ever done as a parent. And I looked at her dead in the face and I go, there was no other way. I wasn't going to listen. I'm stubborn as shit. You had to cut me off. And sometimes in life, you have to, there has to be hard conversations. Yeah. And it's up to the person in front of them. I do this with my coaching clients. I can give you the options and I can be there for you but I can't do the work for you. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing that you can recognize that man. It speaks volumes about your character that you can recognize that your parents absolutely had to take the hardest line with you in order for something else for to sure. come out about you. Right. Cause a lot of people through their journey and whatever it may be, drugs, alcohol, you name it are resentful for life. Right. And well, so because because they 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 don't want to take ownership. 
ownership. That's true. Yeah, that's perfect, man. But I love the story, man. I, I huge success in that, and congrats. And I mean, so let's talk a little bit more about how you went from out of that, you know, and then became a success more in life, and and a continuing growing success, right? Because we never ultimately reached that success. I, I always like to think of it that we're growing as people. But then you went into real estate, you went into other business and coaching. Yeah. How did you get into all that? So what happened was, is I was making good money in the restaurant business and you can make a very comfortable living. Um, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I, and tell me if anybody's had this. I was 29. I had the best year of my life financially in the restaurant business. I got a new job at a great restaurant. We were making crazy money. I was making like literally like 5,200 to 7,500 a month as a waiter, like just crazy good money. And I got to the end and I did my taxes and I did my taxes. I saw what we made per the entire year. And then I opened up my phone to look at my bank account and I had no money. And I was like, something, something, yeah. something's off of whack. And then I looked in the driveway I saw a brand, the Jeep I wanted, which was 400 bucks. And I saw my wife at the times Dodge Ram, that was 400 bucks. And then I looked at our insurance and then I started going through all the bills and I was like, some shit's out of whack. Like, this is not good. Like I got this good job. This is an opportunity for me to really seize this, the, this cash flow that I can make from this job. So I'm not kidding you when I say that. My ex-wife is a ball buster too, and she don't mess around. She sold her car within the hour, literally like sold it to a friend. I sold my car two hours later to somebody that wanted it. And I rode the bus for two years to work. And we saved in that one moment, uh, 1400 bucks a month for parking insurance and the car notes and gas. Nice. So we turned it around like that quick. And I literally would take the bus to work for two years and walked the other half mile there. And I saved up $31,000 in a year and a half. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing, brother. I think those moments and of desperation is what, you know, makes you shift your life to, to where you want to be, you know, because you, you feel stuck and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm living a good life. And, and by living a good life, I mean, like you're obtaining all this material stuff, you're probably having too much fun, you know, but you, but at the end of the day, yeah, like you said, you take that pause and then you look around and you're like, okay, but I don't have anything, you know, I can't account for anything that I have right now. Um, and then you take that sacrifice for a year or two or whatever time that it is, but then you go straight to your vision um, and, and, and yeah, you get uncomfortable with, with, a, with that direction now. You know, so that's that's pretty important. That's pretty cool. Because because and, and, and just so we're clear, it wasn't roses. I mean, it took us six years to buy a property. We had so many deals fall through like six or seven at the like two days before closing, three days before closing a week through, you know, FHA loan or there's so many different factors. Right. So, you know, you're starting to feel this desperation of like, I'm never going to close a deal. And so I'll, I'll kind of speed through part of this story and then we'll get what to happen. So we decided that we were over Austin, like we were done. Like I didn't want to be there anymore. Like I, I didn't like the way it was, what it was turning into. So I looked at her one breakfast and I said, you know, Dallas, um, 
Dallas, Nashville, or Denver, pick one. We're going in like the end of the month. And she said, Nashville. And so we went, right? And we went there for like 14 months and we hated it. We hated every, every aspect of it. I hate, I think Nashville is an amazing investment city. I think the people that live there are good, but it just didn't work for us. Like yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the time in our life wasn't where we needed to be. I don't think I knew who I was. There's a lot of reasons, but long story short, we come back to Texas and the day before she quit her job, the day before we moved back to Texas, they called and was like, would you like to run the San Antonio branch of your company? We need somebody. Well, shit, we already have an apartment in Austin. So I'm like, shit. So then she goes and lives with her brother and I'm in Austin working because I already had a job. Well, I was spending uh, the weekends down there and I had this apartment I was paying for. And I was like, listen, we've traveled on Airbnb, this can't be that hard. Like, let me just figure this out. So I'm like, I'm not there. So we might as well make money while I'm not there. And so like, I just kind of like listed it, like took some shitty photos and I started making money. And I was like, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm hanging out with my wife in San Antonio, you know, drinking mimosas and hanging out and I'm making money over here. And that's when, the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, I can, so, I can do this. Yeah, go ahead. So let me go back because this is the aha moment, right? Yeah. Let's just break it down. What year was this? This was maybe like 2014, maybe. Okay, maybe, so 2000, yeah. 2014. Mm -hmm. And this apartment that you're talking about that you were listing on Airbnb was it which yours? I shouldn't have been, which I should, which uh, okay, I that's what I, yeah. okay, but I mean, but you have to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, and, and you yeah. don't know, you don't know. And hey, it, it was it, it was a studio apartment, it uh -huh. was 300, 330 square feet. And this was yours, or was it like I, it was, you were it, was a, it was a it was a lease I got off of Craigslist for four months, and it was 800 bucks a month. And I got it because I got a job. Because you have to understand the busy times in Austin to make money in the restaurant business is spring and fall. So this was right in busy season. I already had a job I walked into. So it was time to make money and I didn't have a job in San Antonio. So I was like, I'm just going to work where I know people. Um, and so I, I got it. So we're like, shit. So now she's down there and I still have to pay for this apartment, you know, and, and so on and so on. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Hey man, when there's opportunities, even though sometimes you don't know that you're supposed to do it, but so then so, you so I mean, it's totally let me say something yeah. this was not sexy okay it was like key box was like messed up like you know like like it was not like <laughs> it was not like how i operate airbnb yeah. now but i just figured it out and people would stay and like but you have to understand something i had almost i had almost 15 years of hospitality experience so i looked at it as another form of hospitality you're creating a space for somebody austin's so hot at the moment People just want a place to stay. They don't care. You know, whatever. So long story short, the apartment finds out I'm doing it. And they're like, listen, no. Like, no on so many levels. And we're going to write, you know, we're going to like all this <laughs> stuff. I, I said, listen, I said, listen, listen. I said, I got two more weeks. I'll shut it down. Let's not do anything. I apologize. Let's just call it what it is. She goes, okay, okay. I'd rather not do the paperwork. Let's just let you go. But it was still there, right? Yeah. It was still there. Yeah. So, dude, I've never, I haven't shared this story. So we, we go to buy a house. We're, 
we're four days from closing on the house. It's, I mean, it's perfect. I mean, so on so many levels. And I was so sick of my job in Austin. I hated the people I worked for. I like hated it so bad. You still doing restaurant? Yeah, still doing restaurants. So I've got an interview for a career job selling liquor. And I'm like, dude, this is the job I've wanted my entire life. Like I get to go around and sell liquor. I was on my eighth interview, my eighth interview. Like they said, you got the job. Everything's great. Okay. I had the last interview on Saturday. On Friday, I said, fuck it. I'm quitting the job. Nobody's going to find out. The mortgage guys aren't going to find out. I quit my job. I quit my job. I go down to San Antonio. I go to the interview on Saturday. I'm in the interview with the regional manager. I'm in there for a minute. I mean, a minute. And I looked at her and go, you're not giving me the job, are you? And she goes, nope, not a chance in hell. And I literally just stood up and walked out. Because I knew it, was, it wasn't happening. She had somebody else in mind or like a family member or something. Found out it was a family member later on. But that's a whole other story. But... But I walked outside and I'm just like defeated. But I'm like, okay, we got this house. It's cool. And then I'm driving on Monday morning. And I get a call from the mortgage broker. We found out that you quit your job. Oh, man. We're, pull, we're pulling the loan. The deal wow. right there. So I lost the career job, my regular job, and I lost the house in the same weekend. Wow, man, that's 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 so extreme. Oh, because because I quit. Because what did I do? I got caught up with expectations of what was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, long story short, ex-wife was not happy by any stretch of the imagination. She said, "Listen, find us a house right now. Like, I don't care, rent it, whatever we got to do." So I looked on Zillow. I just pulled up a house and said, "I'll rent this. Let's go." Six months. I don't even need to look at it. So I rented it. I licked my wounds. And I called my agent again. And I was running. And I talked to him. And I said, hey, man, you know, we had that bad thing happen. I got another job again. Let's start it up again. He says this to me. This son of a bitch. I swear to God. Sorry. I don't know if I can cuss on this thing. But he said, he said, maybe you should wait two years to buy again. Man, I was, I was, I was, I was fired. I was mad. I was like, you're my agent. Who, like, I get it. So I go to work, like, really mad. And what happens? But that night, I wait on the dude who's, like, super drunk on his anniversary. Like, drunk, funny as hell. Like, we get along really well. And I tell him that story. And he goes, well, it just so happens that I'm a real estate agent. And one of my best friends is a mortgage broker who loves to work with bartenders and restaurant people. And I'm like, load it up, baby. Let's go. So I go meet with them and she's like, oh, don't worry. We can get this cleared up. You're good. We'll get, we'll explain it all. So from that meeting to a month later, I had a pre-approval on a loan and we went house shopping. Now I wanted a house so bad that I bought the house without going into it. (laughs) Like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I just, I don't like the numbers look good. I knew the area. I felt like it was going to appreciate. I said, no, let's just, I, I, whatever. And my agent at the time was from a rich area. And he goes, dude, this is the worst part of town. Like, do not buy this house. 
he's like, you are going to have the most expensive property for like three years. And I'm like, I'm cool. It's still $135,000. It's a house that's done nicely. And he goes, fine. She wants 145. I said, okay, well, what's, you know, 75 bucks on a loan over the span of 30 years. I don't care. Give her the, what she wants. It's not, I'm not going to lose the house over it. So I gave it to her. Well, it appraised at 135. So we close on the house. That house in two years went up to $275,000. Nice. So it's like, you don't know, man. Sometimes you just have to respect your numbers and just get around the right team, right? Yeah. You, when you had the right people pulling for you, and I would imagine that y'all feel the same way in your business. When you have the mortgage broker, the property manager, the agent are all on the same team and they're in the battle together instead of fighting against you. Yeah. Seem, themes. Whole uh, different story. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and agents can be that way, um, especially when they don't see anything in it for them. You know, mm -hmm. it can quickly die. The relationship can quickly die. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. you found someone better. <laughs> yeah. And he's still yeah. a friend. I mean, he's, yeah. he's like one, of, he's like one of my best friends, like him and his no. wife, like, you know, yeah. and like, you don't know that the universe, right. Is setting yourself up for something better because to finish off the story with a bow, because if I would have got that other house, guess what I bought also besides that house, the house across the street. And I picked it up for $50,000. Nice. nice if i wouldn't have bought that house i wouldn't have got that house so 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 know. is that is that is that where where the story and the uh the business that you have right now currently is that where everything started 100 percent, everything started from there yeah from everything and we from all that opportunity and and what happened was is uh we started renting out one of the rooms in the house with the air mattress and you know i made like seven thousand dollars in like six months. And I was like, maybe we can do a little better. Maybe we can like add like, a, I don't know, a trundle bed and like get it a little more proper. Yeah. And so uh, then at that time, my wife got a promotion and she moved to Houston to work for a regional manager. So it's just me and the dog in a 1400 square foot house. And I'm working 90 hours a week. And I'm thinking to myself, have, what about the whole house can you rent out is that a can you rent out the entire house is that a thing and i'm like i think i think you can so then i like start like taking pictures and i threw it up there and it rented in like 30 minutes wow and i was like uh oh we got something here and so what happened was my buddy at the time was a bartender he had a two-bedroom apartment with nothing in the back room and so i threw down an air mattress and I took the dog with me and that's where we slept when people rented out the whole house. And that's how we did it the first year is I just rented out the house on the weekends and I wound up making uh, like $14,000. So wow. for the people, for the people that me that look at Airbnb as the, I mean, in, in real estate is location, 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 right? When it yep. comes to Airbnb and you're telling me that this house is not in the base neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and you think about Airbnb or probably somebody's in the same situation where they're trying to look at some kind of opportunity. Um, do I need to buy a, a, a condo or do I need to buy a house or do I need to buy some type of property in a, like a, 
like a good location where it's touristic and people need do i need that do i need to start that way or not you know i i heard something that is that changed my life in pertaining to airbnb is if you hide the negatives of your property and people are surprised they'll be upset if you present your problems out front or your negatives of your property and they're not surprised then they'll be okay mm. and i here's what i did have my house was beautiful it was really well done it was open it was big but there was so much construction going on in the neighborhood that when people came in they might have been apprehensive for a minute but then they go oh we can see it changing right but I, and also I was seven blocks from downtown. So it was kind of like a win-win. Now that being said, I just put out a post the other day. The problem with Airbnb is every property needs to be, uh, the data needs to be done separately because you can't compare properties. <laughs> and what I mean by that is you could have a three bedroom house in San Diego that crushes it but the mortgage and the bills are like $8,000. So you only make 200 bucks a month. And then you have my property across the street. We're all in with mortgage and bills. We were in for 575 a month. And that house did three grand a month and it was only 700 square feet. So that, nice. that property's netting 2,200 bucks. So that's the problem with Airbnb. And more importantly, the weirder, the better. I know that sounds really crazy for people me to say, but like the novelty of the aspect, meaning a teepee, um, a shipping container is what gets people to book it, a tiny home, stuff like that. So like the problem with a three, two house is there's so many three, two houses that you're yeah. basically splitting hairs. So what's the innate ability of your property to be different, right? And so I think that's where like a fourplex comes in where you can rent out the entire unit to uh, a wedding party or a group of people that are visiting for the weekend. You know, there's so many different aspects of it. You really have to look at the property, property for property, right? Yeah, that's great. That's great info. Yeah, we, we never really dived into Airbnb, but how, how does the market look right now for Airbnb with everything going on? It's a, it's a choppy waters out there, boys. It's a, <laughs> you ever watch the movie Perfect Storm? Yeah, it's kind of like that. But, but here's, hear me out though. A lot of the people that were, had their toe in the water got destroyed. Yeah. So the oversaturation is a little bit gone. But, but what you need to understand also about the market is there's a lot of new people getting in that think that they're going to get five to six times their mortgage. Can that happen? Guaranteed. But those days are way longer gone than most of the time. And there'll always be a market for it. But my question to you is the, the, the difference. It, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. And, and people will think I'm crazy when I say this. I would rather manage a 150 unit apartment than 10 Airbnbs. Yeah, that's I how know. much work. That's how much work it is. It, it, you're running a hotel in a property yeah. that doesn't turn off. Like it, it, so, but that being said, I just saw a video from a guy in one of my groups. Him and his wife 
got financially free from three Airbnbs from three. So now are they cleaning them themselves? I don't know, but it can be done if you bought it right. And it's in an area that like, perfect example, this is what really blew me away. This is what changed the game for me, but understand that other months aren't as good as this, but we had the final four and spring break in Texas happen. The final four was five blocks from my house, right? In the San Antonio Spurs uh, basketball team. One month, I brought in $22,000 between three properties. Well, that's great. But guess what? Amazing. In August, I brought in like 1800 bucks between the three properties. So it's a, it's a river, you know, it's, it's going up and down. So you have to protect your backside and then hold on to the money in the good months, but it can be used as a, a cash machine if yeah. you know how to work it and it's, you're not a hundred percent hands-on. Yeah. Wow. But, but I mean, like I have a buddy, right? He's down in Miami and over time he's, he's, there's a 46 unit. He's bought every unit. Like he bought like 20 at a time. And so now he owns the whole building. And they're all Airbnb or corporate leases, the, the whole thing. And he loves it because he bought it so well and he has systems in place and it runs great. But like, maybe that's not what everybody else wants to do, but like yeah. he loves it because he's getting double the money on some of the places. But there's also like COVID hit and he's like, <laughs> it was rough there for a couple months, you know, even in, yeah. even in Florida. Right. But he had made so much money that he could, you know, he could, he could ride he it could out. But, the storm, yeah. So yeah. what I'm taking out of, out of this is you still have to have discipline, you know, not just because you're making so much money. That doesn't mean that the winter is not going to come or mm -hmm. things like COVID are going to hit. And then you're like, Oh my God, now I, I now I got to come out of mortgage and insurance mm -hmm. and taxes out of pocket. So yeah, you have yeah. to be disciplined and, and keep a budget and treat it as a business. It, yeah. And it's a business, but that being said, Mm -hmm. Here's the great thing. So you can put an LLC on every property and you can write off everything. Electric bill, furnishing, toilet paper. So technically you're operating a business with inside a property. So then you can write off on your taxes. So it's a great tax avenue as well. But understand that you're also going to pay taxes on all the gross because they're not counting the net money and see mm -hmm. that's my concern with wholesalers too is wholesalers only show one number what do they show the gross the gross but the problem is i coach some wholesalers and i know the real numbers and the profit margins are very slim and so you're 100 right discipline is the key because if you feel too good about yourself then COVID happens or something happens or they change the Airbnb laws in your city. Yeah, that's a whole game changer. Yeah. It feels yeah. like it feels like it's a it's a water hose that can be turned off and turned on very quickly. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's been my biggest hesitation because I've thought about it. I have a property in Colorado Springs. Now now here's a strategy that I would employ. Here's a strategy I would employ. And I'm mainly talking to you two because I look at your life is you as brothers who are invest together and work together. If you were to earmark three cities that you love to hang out in and you were to buy a property and you were to have a management team run it while you're not there, 
and it was in your in your whole goal was to break even but i get to enjoy that home three times a year that's the business model i would do because nice. then you get to, then you get to get your vacation house you don't have to wait 20 years you can have it right now so that's that's what i try to tell people okay yeah man M might have to do that in florida <laughs> Yeah, just let me know. I'll be, I'll be. Just make sure there's a wing for me down there too. So. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll, it'll yeah. be like the Scarface mansion. Yes, yes, I like it. So <laughs> as you as you grow as you grew uh, on the on the Airbnb business, uh, I know. I mean, we know because we we spoke before and we see your social media and all that stuff. But for our audience and the people that want to learn more about. Uh, uh, Airbnb and how you've been growing. Now you you have a coaching um, platform, right? Where you coach sure. people, you train people on mm -hmm. on different aspects. Can you talk about that? Where the idea where the idea came from, and how long you started it? You know, about four years ago, five years ago. You know, you're you're, you're talking to your friends, you're giving advice, you're giving advice to the people that you work with. You know, they're they're, they're like, man, your advice is really good. And like, so for two years ago, I got sober. Uh, it'd probably be like two years in a month. And I started losing weight. I've lost like 50 pounds, 60 pounds, you know, really like changed my life around, got divorced, you know, all these things, right. Have happened. And I'm helping people. I'm helping people. And then my coach said like, I really, you have a gift. You should really like lean into it. And I was like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and I was working private equity while I was running the Airbnb business. And then I got laid off from the private equity. And it almost forced me to like, look at myself and say, maybe this is your path. Right. And, uh, I had a good buddy who's a broker who wasn't happy with his like relationship with his wife. He, he wasn't happy with his health. And he said, I want to pay you to coach me. I was like, what? No, I can't. That's, that's weird. No, I can't. I was like, maybe I can. So like the first session I gave it to him for free and I was like okay like this is this works I can do this so he pays me and then another guy pays me and then I'm like okay well this is I need to like really care about this like I need to like pay attention to what I'm doing so then I go get some training from corporate coaches and you know kind of get my business systems together and like make sure that I'm doing the inner work that I need to address people's problems and stuff and it kind of just took off and what I found and this is really hard for me to say because this is an investment for, I'm always going to invest, right? I'm always going to do something. We're going to have a brokerage or I'm, gonna, I'm always going to do something because I'm a businessman. But it's really the only thing I care about because being able to be in somebody's life and affect real change and be bought into who they are as a person there's no better feeling. Like I had, I, I'm not, I, I, I don't I'm not say his name. I protect his privacy, but I had the roughest call coaching call this morning with my client because I could tell what kind of mood he was in. And I've never seen that side of him. And he's ex attic and he's trying to get his real estate license and he's got COVID. I mean, there's so many things going against him right now. Works crazy. And we got in there, man. Like I got real with them. Nice. You know, and like real shit. I told him like David Goggins, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to your house. Like this is not a joke. Like I'm not, I'm not standing for this. I like it. And yeah. he and he he texted me afterwards and he said, "Thank you, like, thank you, like no, you I probably can't. kept me from using again, like, 
and he's protecting against that downside so much that he's almost like holding himself hostage but because he has somebody that's invested in his life and knows what he's going through and has been there i can go right there and he allows Mm. me that and so you can't put a price tag on being able to do that for somebody and his wife and his family and his mom and sister you know it really it gives me that I don't know, man. You know, they say when you wake up in the morning and you need to jump out of bed, like it gets it, it like it, like, but here's the deal. You know, what's funny. I could have, and it's dude, don't get me wrong. It's a lot like to go down there with people and fix their problems. And, but I can have like seven coaching calls in a day and I'm still like charged up afterward. You know, you're doing something. That you know, you know oh, that, that is such a true feeling, man. And yeah, you know, it, it, I think you, the last calls we've had have really motivated me because you can always do some kind of coaching and help people yeah right and yeah and it's really but you know but you know what they don't tell you and watch you're gonna text me in two months once you start and you're gonna text me this text but what people don't understand is you almost are fixing yourself while you're helping other people yeah oh yeah definitely i mean it's like you're like oh damn austin you're 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 being a little bitch too like you're complaining and like it like triggers it in me (laughs) and i'm like i'm like you got to get it together right yeah because because even my coach right who's changed my entire life is like "Eh, mm, negative talk can't do it and so here's the thing your friends are your friends your mastermind is your mastermind but when you're employing a human being whether you're employing him or he's just a friend accountability partner he's all in I am all in good, bad, or indifferent. Look, and maybe I'm, maybe I need to set some boundaries, but I don't care. Cause I know this is my duty in life. If you're sitting there telling me like, dude, like you gotta understand some of my clients, this is no joke. They've been in rehab since they were like 15. Like this is not a joke. If you're trying to tell me that you're going to use again or drink again, dude, I'm getting in the Batmobile and I'm going to be there. I'll fly wherever I got to fly. Because you have somebody that's actually invested in your yeah. well-being. Not because you pay him, but because he's invested in who you are. And if you don't have that in your life, because I want to ask you, and you don't have to talk about it, Jeremy. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But I know your story a little bit. And I know, you, you know you've been through a divorce. I'm sure there's some, you're on the, you're on the West Coast away from family. You're in the military. I'm sure there's some nights where you would really hope that you had somebody probably closer to you, right? To yeah. like handle some stuff, you know? Like, cause I mean, technically you have your brother, which is great. I mean, that's an amazing thing, but, but like, that's what people don't understand. It's like, dude, me, you, him, we all have our bad days just like everybody else, but people see our social media and yeah. they're like, Oh, Austin's just oh. always in a good mood. I'm like, no, ma guys, I got a check yesterday that I did cartwheels out the bank because I've been waiting on it for three months. Like it was, it was like, I needed it. Like it was not a joke. Like I'm just right there with you. And I don't think people understand that because they see social media and they're like, Oh, everybody's just so rosy. Oh yeah. There's up and downs, but I think it's part of life, you know? And, and, and the fact that uh, like we mentioned before, you know, you, you're trying to be an example for yourself and you're trying to show people, you know, that there's, there's always greater things uh you you learn how to handle those downs you know Mm -hmm. where you know for a fact that when you're when you're up 
there's going to be a down. When there's a, a, a spring, when there's a summer, you know, winter is coming one day. Uh, so it's, it's just a matter of expecting and you know that when you're down, that probably the next day is going to be the best day of, of your of your life. So it's like, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm done today, uh, but tomorrow is going to be a great day. It's just it's just a, it's trying to shift your mind to it and, and, yeah. and get better at it. Um, that's pretty, the, you know, and, and in regards to your to how you turn your life around and, mm-hmm. and you created a business out of it um, and is 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 difficult when you're dealing with people's problems um, mm-hmm. and 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 you made it a business and it's out of passion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't think that er- and not everybody could become a coach. <laughs> <laughs> my know? buddy, my buddy, my buddy, I was staying in his house in Denver two weeks ago and he yeah. goes, I would run my head through a brick wall yeah. before I would deal with the stuff that you're dealing with. He, it's just yeah. not in him. He's no. like, dude, I, I, you know, you're, you're helping this person and this person's coming to you with this problem, but I love it because yeah. I can, I can see myself in them yeah. and I'm just trying to get them that much farther ahead than all this 22 years that it took me to get through my BS, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's pretty cool, man. So you have, you, you came from, from a bad situation, you turned your life around. Now you have uh several and different types of um, um, income streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your coaching, you got your Airbnb, you got your real estate business. And that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. And for our audience, mm-hmm. I mean, it's never, it's never too late. Just, you know, make the sacrifice, uh, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, Hey, this is what I need to do to, to set myself to, to the, to the direction that I need to take in order to become what I need to become, you know? Um, and that, that's pretty cool, man. So for for our audience, man, you know, where can they find you? Where can they, they reach you if they need help? Uh, if, if you know, your your story is very inspiring. And, and every time I see your videos online, you know, you get inspired, you get pumped up. Uh, you got that energy that pumps people up all the time. And it's like, man, I want to I want to listen to this dude, you know, in the morning. Um, uh, you also like into fitness too. So if people want to get, you know, I, I, I've seen you before and after oh, pictures and, oh, and your current wait, picture. I haven't shared this with anybody. Yeah. Uh, I was going to keep it a secret, but y'all are special. Okay. Uh, so, you know, three, you know, 75 hard, you know what that is, right? Yeah, that, I've seen that, it. Yeah. Right? I've seen the post. Everybody, yeah. yeah. I'm doing that 75 days in a row, those workouts and everything. I'm doing it for a year straight. Nice. Oh, so just you take because. it to the extreme yeah that's hey good. dude hey look my 40th birthday is next year i gotta get ready for the calendar shoot you know what i'm saying so <laughs> <laughs> but so. but but how they find me dude yeah the before and after pictures are insane I, it's, yeah. it's crazy i look so much younger in the face that's what blows me away but uh how they find me is instagram or facebook austin linney uh the podcast is called construct your life if you dm me I will answer. And honestly, I'll probably call you, which creeps out. Some of the young guys are like, Oh my God, you're like calling me right now. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, let's jump on a call. Let's meet, you know, like same way when I got y'all off mine, I was introducing you everybody, but, but I don't want to talk about myself because I'm going to make you two gentlemen blush for a minute because since our interview, I've not stopped thinking about the two of y'all and thank you, bro. And what I want to say to your audience, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up these two men's ass, but I think these two men right here are the true definition of what a human should be. 
and and the amount of impact that in the amount of work that y'all are doing and y'all will do in your community and we're going to do it together i think about on a daily basis because this conversation the podcast every piece of content that's coming out i know that both of y'all are not doing it for yourself you're doing it for the people behind you and your family members and in your society and when i meet people like that it just makes me want to push harder it makes me want to keep putting out my stuff um but ultimately i just wanted to have it on record and say that like literally like i i'm not i'm not i don't serve in the military but i feel like i'm serving with y'all like <laughs> when i get up and i work out in the morning so i just wanted to be known that that like the respect level is like top of the grade thanks Dude, man. those awesome. words means means a lot we really yeah. appreciate that thank you so yeah. much man and, you, got it, you know, we, we got to do something together, man. We, we love being on your show, too. Oh, and, dude. Dude, and your, I already decided. Your energy and your mindset is something this, else. Yeah, I know yeah. this bank thing. I can't get this bank thing out of my head. <laughs> I'm like, because have you ever seen the show Billions? It's my favorite no. show. It's, it's one of my only shows I watch. But they're like hedge fund guys, right? Like really rich efforts, like really rich. What and he's uh hbo like it's it's an amazing you you'll literally turn on one episode you won't stop watching All right. uh crazy shit but they get to the last season that they filmed and he's like listen we're rich but we're not a bank and he like looks at these bankers like in the corner like laughing and shit and he goes but we're not a bank and they want to become a bank that's what the whole season's about yeah and i'm like yeah that changes the game because then you control it from this yeah. aspect yeah. Hey, for for, completely, for the audience and the uh and the um uh what is it called the uh, the the people that watch our our chan our YouTube channel, uh mm -hmm. you guys gotta listen to uh to uh the episode that we were on his podcast and Austin's podcast, yeah, uh, because that's what we're we're talking about, you know, the uh, the behind uh joke that uh because because think of it this way, and this is super important. It's a stupid it's a stupid point of view, but you'll get what I'm saying. We, as people, guys, I'm about to tell this whole podcast the greatest thing on the planet. Like, if you can wrap your head around this concept, your life will change. Stop being the consumer and yeah, become yeah. the person owning the asset that they consume. Yeah. Boom. Stop being the Black Friday shopper. Be the guy that they buy the Black Friday stuff from. It's yeah. what I thought about all weekend. Yep. Like the the dudes that are getting rich are the Amazon store owners, right? Oh like, yeah. That we're I'm about to start one. Like I'm like, well, fuck it. I, why not? Like because then you become you you're no longer the worker, you're the owner. Yeah. And that's how you shift generational wealth, right there. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely, true. man. Yeah, become that banker, become that Amazon store, become that transactional guy, and and that that's where it's at, man. But brother, Perfect. thank you so much, man. We love having you on the show. Uh, man, looking down in the future, hopefully you have a part two. So let's go. Let's make it happen, man. And yeah, for all the listeners out there, give us a five-star review and show us some love. DM us, show us uh, emails, you name it. We love it. All right, we're out. <laughs>